What's going on, guys? Um, intro won't be nearly as long as last week. I uh, just want to talk about the video element and uh, everything that we got going on, planning me and Matthew um, this week. Just appreciate you coming by. I appreciate you watching, listening, everything. Be sure to check us out on YouTube, subscribe, check us out on audio if that's more convenient. Um, Instagram, Twitter, the Lockcast. Uh, this episode was <laughs> crazy. Uh, yeah, it was fun. I always enjoy talking to Matt. I always enjoy the things we talk about, no matter how uncomfortable foreshadowing um enjoy it all right guys so i am officially back decided it was time to stop growing up. throw a frisbee at his face <laughs> uh, who your grandfather like if he's just sitting there like, i think it'd be funny if my grandfather was like that i'd throw shit at him all day see if he budges at all <laughs> if, when when or if your grandfather starts entering cognitive decline you're gonna throw stuff at him it's just to see you know i'm it'd be fun first off but also too it may like help with their reflex maybe they'll just snap out of their uh their facade yeah, it does. you think it's a facade. I'm not saying it's a facade. I'm saying that some people view it as a facade. Yeah. I think it's a... Uh, it's just wanting to, you know, you retire and everything, and you finally get to that point where you're like, I don't want to do shit anymore, but, you know, you're the the handyman or the, the go-to guy, and you're like, dude, fuck this i'm i want to become that old person that people get mad at for doing shit Mm -hmm. like hey don't do go sit down i want to be that guy i want to be like oh okay right you want to be the old guy that um kills their neighbor's dog and then just says it ran away yeah wow you're really throwing my grandparents under the bus right now (laughs) you know what though i i will say this my uh (laughs) <laughs> my my grandfather is like in some like in some stages of cognitive decline. He's not like all not Alzheimer's though. But there are some times where it's like you think that he's just unaware of what happenings, but then it's like I realize he knows every single thing what's going on. So like say if I wanted to do something nefarious in their house, he could act like he doesn't know what's going on, but it's like a reverse psychology thing. I think he likes to play up his cognitive decline in order for me to catch me fucking up, so then to rat me out, in order to rat me out. I think... That's some next level shit. I know, and he does that all the fucking time. That would show mental superiority rather than I know, he's the play- opposite. Like, 
obviously he's forgetting things more often, but his short-term memory is like sharp. So he likes to down he likes to downplay his short-term memory. It's the long-term. Like he's not going to remember something a conversation he had with you 2 weeks ago. Forget it. That's not going to happen. But he remembers everything in that moment and it lingers on for a while. What and about uh What if that's just like He's you know, he's having me. selective memory. What if he's like, you know, I don't really give a fuck about that conversation that this conversation right now that me and me and Matthew are having it about could, work and it God, could be. he's such a fag. He, it, you know what, man? And it could be that. And, and that's the thing, though, because he's ruining it. My grandfather's ruining it for people who are actually struggling with cognitive decline because the people that actually have cognitive decline, I'm just going to piss off, you know? Ignore them, and I think that he's doing a very uh, a, a huge disservice to people. That like, does actually... he like remember his birthday and forget his anniversary? Like, he did forget his anniversary a few a few weeks ago. See, dude, I'm telling you, he's doing is playing into it, like you're saying. Mm-hmm. It's a character he's, he's playing. Oh, fuck! I it's, didn't get anything. It's this like year. the ending of the Usual Suspects, you know? <laughs> <laughs> like he's Kaiser Soze. <laughs> uh, dude, I want my life to end like the ending of The Departed. What, get shot in the head Everything by your just, former dude, co-worker? fucking spoiler alert, guys. Dude, it came out 15 years ago. If these people haven't seen it by then, that's their it's problem. It's a movie I actively recommend. I actively recommend The Departed as well. I didn't say who got shot in the head. There's, I mean, it could dude, be Who anybody. doesn't get shot in the head? See, now you're spoiling it. I will say this. The biggest spoiler that was on the cover of the film, because it has the three main characters, and the movie is called The Departed. You know, the dead, yeah. the no longer with us. So honestly, the movie is spoiling it for itself. You know. Do you remember it. the only scene where the title of the film is said verbally? Uh, may his soul and the souls of all the faithful de- uh, departed through the mercy of God rest yeah, in man, peace. Yeah, you're right. At the funeral, they do say that. Yeah. But uh, there's what, one more scene. What was the name? The departed. Michael. Uh, uh Charles yeah. Kenefick. Yep. 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 Miles Kenefick. Yep. Yep. When Matt Damon's like, uh, who was he? But he knows who he is because he has mob affiliate so mm-hmm. uh it's almost like him saying the departed like the departed like I, I don't like distancing himself from knowing him in a way i love it you know and, I, and it's so it's so weird that it's like you it's one of those movies where nobody is really a perfect person but even the people that are bad like matt damon's character you, you kind of root for him though because of how charming you know his you know his prowess like i i always i don't know i always like somehow secretly rooted for matt damon to to get away with this shit what? dude i hated him okay the whole film i think there is something about his character and i think it's the the power of charming people who are sociopaths because it's like you know he's a you know he's a piece of shit you know he's trying to cut his you know cut throats to get to the top there is something obviously like i, I at the end of it i was rooting more for dicaprio um and martin sheen's character oddly enough but, but there is something there's a secret like rooting at least that i had for him like hey like i hope he he get you know uh, at least pulls the wool over um jack nicholson you know uh i watched the movie last night which is why it was you know on my mind but uh i don't i didn't root for him i very much respected his approach for his situation but there were moments where uh, i don't know i appreciate the 
the bad guy in a film who truly contemplates the morality of a situation and at no point in there does he contemplate, contemplate no, the morality it's always not. it's always right next to the logically advan- advantageous decision that he's going to make whatever is going to get him ahead which is Definitely. like that's my respect for that character but all, like i would have i would have been rooting for him if uh, dude, fuck it. If you don't want spoilers for this movie, skip five minutes. Uh, the the scene where the cops and the mob have the shootout. Yeah. And he ends up killing Jack Nicholson. I would have had more respect for him if that had been the moment that he was able to wash his hands of all attachment if that would have been the moment where if he's he like contemplated his where morality he, where he's like yeah. i'm i'm so fucking done with this like life and i'm going to move forward and i'm really going to care about like the department now like i'm going to do my job and you know but when he's working with <clears throat> leo's character and he's the rat and he fucking like deletes his file instead of just sitting them down and when they're in the office and he's like look I'm the rat, blah, blah, blah. Like, I'm, I was Jack Nicholson's inside guy. I forget the character's name. Uh, 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 Frank Costello. Yeah, yeah, Costello. I'm Costello's guy. Um, but to be honest, like, I love this job. And I'm so fucking glad I was able, like, I, I'd be like, I killed him, you uh, know? You know what, though? That's the thing, because of DiCaprio spending, like, I think it's, like, over a year, like, throughout the film he's in there for, there is no way DiCaprio would have just, like, sit there, just, like, quietly and, or silently. He's like, I understand that, man. I get it. It's like, no, dude, you fucking took a year and a half out of my life. You know, I think just on that principle in and of itself, because, honestly, DiCaprio's robbed of everything. And, um, I mean, I don't think that that would have made it, you know, all the more better. Or, or unless you're saying that he would have still gotten arrested, but he's actually just making, like, a moral effort to do right. Is that what you were? I think I see a way in the movie where you could get out of the legal issues through resolve with uh, DiCaprio's character because there is a point... Another thing that I didn't understand where I thought, you know, the first time I watched the film where I really thought that he was making that moral shift so when costello tells him to get the tail off right before the shootout scene and uh he's like i can't just fucking you know tell him to 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 go and check nicholson's like close the fucking tail he he does he he makes him stop following but then DiCaprio texts uh, at that point he has the phone that DiCaprio is texting yeah. he reads off to the department the address where they are to go bust them and I was thinking you know that was him like fuck this like, like I just got bossed by Costello for the last time right that's what I felt and uh but that wasn't what it was and i don't know why his character you know why his character does that why his character 
read off the address and had them immediately advance to that position. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, I feel like in that situation, you know, enough lies and leads and ambiguous information enough. You could, um, my guy's telling me they're here, they're at this place and then go to a completely different location and be like, where the fuck are these guys? You know, like, like got some bad info or some shit, you know? Yeah. But he brings them right to Costello and they just start fucking shooting. <laughs> like, yeah. So, I don't know. I thought that was the moment, but then... I don't know. It was a, it's a weird movie. It's psychologically... Uh, there's so many depths to intention that you, you can't, like, really align yourself with the layers of the characters. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think... Well, my whole, my whole thing was why I think he did that or gave blatantly gave out the address of where they were going. I honestly think it was because of the fact that at that point he really did speculate or he knew that Costello was an FBI informant. Oh yeah, he, I mean he did know that. Yeah. Yeah, and he yeah, because he questions him at that moment. I think it was just so much anger like I think it was like a fuck this like this guy's probably trying to there's a chance he's trying to rat me out like fuck this. I'm not going to get bossed around by him. I'm going to, you know, try to take him out if I can, save my ass. And also just anger. But so. then in that situation, why don't you align yourself with DiCaprio's character? Objectively. You know? Like, this person's no longer your enemy in a sense. Oh, DiCaprio? Yeah. yeah. I mean, my name is a fucking prick. Firefighters, yeah. a bunch of fucking homos. Fucking queers. Fucking queers. Go save a kid in the tree, you fucking homos. <laughs> Ugh. Uh, There's something about uh, Scorsese movies. They're so. Um, Who's Scorsese? The, the, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you know, you're 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 someone who poses. He's a you're a poser of movie uh, knowledge. So there's a you know there's a possibility. You think I'm a poser. The, Ask me a question. About a movie. Quiz time. Yeah. All right. Um, Challenge me. Oh God. Tom Hanks. Do you want me to name off time? Okay, like no, uh, dude. That's the well, okay, what question. If it, oh, okay. <laughs> I thought you were giving me a subject uh, to question you on Tom Hanks. Make you know, it snobby, dude. Ask me, ask me a snobby film question. What were the two major motion pictures that Tom Hanks won the Academy Awards for, and what years did he win them for? Oh God, I don't follow. I'm gonna be honest. I don't follow Academy Awards. <laughs> He actually, he's actually one of the only actors, though, in Forrest history. Forrest Gump and Saving Private Ryan. No, Forrest Gump's one of them, but Philadelphia, and he's the only actor. I've in never a, seen Philadelphia. It's a gay AIDS movie, but um, AIDS movie. It's a AIDS movie, yeah. <laughs> and uh, he's the only actor in American history that actually won Best Actor Oscars back to back. Like, oh wow! Yeah, ninety four and ninety five were the Oscar ceremonies. So, I think he's an awful actor. I, you know what, I used to quote South Park where Cartman just goes, you know, like, Tom Hanks can't act his way out of a net sack. <laughs> you know, it depends with Tom Hanks. He's, um, I think overall he's a good actor. There are some performances or just sometimes where I feel like he's just playing the same character sometimes, like that, that nice guy. Like, I'm Tom Hanks and I'm charismatic. Right. It's like a, a slightly more nuanced and impressive version of, like, what the rock does mm -hmm. like the rock is literally just himself in every role he plays 
Yeah. Like, nobody writes a character and then is like, you know who'd be perfect for this guy? Dwayne Johnson. <laughs> no. The, every single character he's ever done was written specifically like, all right, this is The Rock. And, uh, but, uh, yeah, no, I see that. And what, where I did think Tom Hanks was pretty brilliant was uh, Terminal. That's uh, that airplane, uh, that airport movie or whatever. I haven't seen that. Yeah, I haven't seen that dude, one. It's, it's fucking good, man. Isn't? He, he plays... Isn't uh, Catherine Zeta-Jones in that as well? Oh, okay. I don't know a single actress's name. No, 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 Renee Zellweger. Fuck. Yeah, anyway. I think it's Renee Zellweger. Fuck. Okay, keep going. Um, he he plays a guy from Kyrgyzstan, Kyrgyzstan, and uh, the whole movie he's like barely speaks English and uh, it, it's believable and. That's the that's the film, for, dude. I can't believe you've never seen that movie. I feel like normally anytime that there's a there's a, I know world famous movie quote, that that's a movie you'd see. I I feel bad. Like that's one of the few Spielberg movies I haven't seen because I know Spielberg was in it. I knew Tom Hanks was in it, yeah. and I still haven't gotten around to watching it. That's the film with the quote. You like jazz? You like jazz? That's it. Wow. I um. There was actually another one that he did with uh, Spielberg that was really good. Catch, have you seen Catch Me If You Can? Yeah, dude. That's, that's a, such a classic. Such a good-ass movie. I do. I love that movie. I actually used to fall asleep to that movie. Like, I, that was... I go through phases sometimes where, like, there will be one particular movie that I love maybe the first 20 minutes of so much that I'll put it on, watch that, and then let myself fall asleep. Yeah. But, like, knowing the story of the whole movie. Right. So it's just kind of like background noise yeah. at the end of it. Yeah. And it's like uh, a story you can put your attention to, kind of trick you into falling asleep faster. But uh, that was one of them for a while. It's so, Catch it's me if so you can. So, so good. What is, is there one scene in that movie that, like, stands out as something you remember, like, clearly? Yes. There's one scene that stands out to me. Um, Actually, kind of, it's kind of like chills me a little bit. Is when he um, he escapes from the airplane, and he tries to go back to his mother's old house, and um, right before the cops come to arrest him, you know, and DiCaprio like knocks on the door, and he sees this little girl, and he goes, "Hey, who's your mother?" And she says nothing, has no idea who this is, just points to his act, you know, points to the woman with the man you know, that she was cheating on Christopher Walken's character with and the face that he makes realizing, like, that's my sister. And then also my mom is, like, with this guy I I just do not respect because he was fucking her while they were still married. And then also the idea that he's being arrested, all these cops around him, and everything just collapses around him in so many ways. I think that was the scene that I was really just stands out to me i'm so glad that uh you had such a an actually like wonderfully done scene that stands out for some fucking reason every time i think of that movie like when i had only seen it like not fully paying attention like one and a half times uh whenever i would think about it i'd be like that's the movie where he uh 
puts all the toy airplanes in the bathtub. <laughs> yeah, he has to get the pen yeah, and dude, sticker. That, that, dude, that scene of him just like peeling stickers off of the airplanes. I don't know why. The, that. It's that scene to me was typical Spielberg, where it's something that's almost whimsical to see like this childlike thing in order to do something fraudulent, but it's so childlike at the same time. I can get, I get it though. But almost brilliant. It yeah. is, it is brilliant, and I think it's uh. I think it's typical Spielberg. There's another scene too that I thought was so typically typical Spielberg is when, you know, he's engaged and he's uh, he's got a fiance, DiCaprio's character, and Tom Hanks almost catches him at their uh, at his in-laws' house, and he like opens the door and like one dot like I guess like a single hundred dollar bill like like seeps through the cracks and just starts floating around. Yeah. I was like, oh, that is such Spielberg shit right there. That right. whimsical. I was like, oh, <laughs> what's a uh... Dude, you're right. I'm such a fake film expert. What are what are some other Spielberg movies? Like uh, just brief. Okay, Private Ryan. Um, obviously, E.T. Uh, Jaws, the Indiana Jones movies, all the big okay. ones. Okay, I think I just knew Jaws. Dun, 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 dun. That's what I, that's what he's known for. You know what's crazy about Jaws is how that movie was PG when it came out, but there are literally tits and pubic hair in the first five minutes of it there is there are fucking titties in a silhouette but you can see the nipples and then you can totally see this woman about to go skinny dip and you can see and it's like you realize it's the 70s because she is i mean she's extremely bushy you know (laughs) i think it's crazy i'm gonna die if i don't say this online ever since we talked about catch me if you can when christopher walken is just like it's God. You ever watch a, a an actor say a line, and the line isolated is so fucking goofy, or weird, or doesn't really make sense. Yeah, but it does in the overarching sense of the the character, the context the of context the character. Of, for but sure. But when he's like, <laughs> "Wait, did you drop this?" Must, he's like, is this yours? And he's like, must have slipped right off your neck. <laughs> must have slipped right off your neck. <laughs> like, dude, I just it was like, what it's, the fuck? It is so stupid. It's, it's so, so dumb. It's so dumb. And it's supposed to be this insanely charming line mm-hmm. in the movie. Like, right. it, DiCaprio uses it later to be extremely charming. And, and he actually gets to fuck the, uh, the airline attendant. Yeah. You know? Maybe... Dude, maybe there's a layer of depth to it because of the third time it's attempted to be used. Not only is it not charming, but he's then facing an FBI agent. Mm-hmm. He turns, looks up, and Tom Hanks is sitting there. No, 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 no. That was or, the bank teller. It was the bank, the right, head yeah, of the bank. Right. Yeah. You're right. He's like, must have some who? Can I help you? <laughs> it's like, fuck. So maybe maybe it's like saying like, you know, something can seem charming and it's really not. Right. Oh, for and sure. Actually, it's actually the opposite. It's actually fucking creepy. That actually, you're like, it is really stupid. It's so fucking dumb. Must have slipped off your neck. Like the, the <laughs> I just imagine any rational woman be like, no, it didn't. Right. I don't want your fucking cheap necklace. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like an expensive necklace either. Right. It was just a fucking. Probably got it at Dollar Tree. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, how cheap that guy character that character was. Right, you know, like, um, you don't think, and he's doing it so that he can 
freely rent a tuxedo for like an hour so that they can go <laughs> fucking fraudulently obtain some money from the bank yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fucking con artists <laughs> You know, I, I feel like Catch Me If You Can in so many ways is like the PG-13 version of Wolf of Wall Street. It's like the family-friendly Wolf of Wall Street. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just the, the lower level of that, a different world. Mm-hmm. It's definite, definitely the best uh, story of a con artist movie. Definitely, definitely. Oh, I thought uh, there was actually, Matt Damon did one of a con artist. Uh, 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 Talented Mr. Ripley. I don't know if you've ever seen that one. What's so interesting about Talented Mr. Ripley is that when you watch the character, there is so much con artistry, but you know that there's so much psychological scarring and damage that has been ha- like that has happened to this person, and you know for a fact that there is, to a certain degree, actual love for the people he's fucking, he loves the the people at, whose lives he's destroying, and I think that is it's so. The character is an evil sociopath, borderline psychopath, but at the same time, there is something so sympathetic with Ripley. And there's one line in the film that I think encapsulates that, and I think it's relevant to anyone in life, which is, I felt like it was more important to be a fake somebody than a real nobody. And anyone can relate to that. Anyone can. And there is something so impersonal. There's something so personable about Ripley. And um, as conniving and as evil as the character is, if there is a character that you could actually sympathize for in so many ways, it's just, it's him. And um, at, at so many times, like, so many times, you, you just, even after he does something wicked, at least for me, there was always parts in the film where I just kind of wanted to hug him, you know? I just wanted to hug him. But I think, anyway, I think Matt Damon's character of a con artist in that, and I think that and DiCaprio, I think they're in tie of the greatest movie con artists. Something about me makes it, like, I can't watch a movie where Matt Damon's the lead. Really? You didn't like Good Bull Hunting? Meh. I didn't know. I didn't give it a, its full due watch. Yeah. Because of Matt Damon. Damn, dude. <laughs> I think he's him and Wahlberg both talking about the departed. Mm-hmm. Two of the greatest actors of all time who I feel like should only play supporting roles. Supporting roles. I will say, let me tell you this about uh, Mark Wahlberg. And I think what makes him a little bit better than Damon, Marlberg is only as good as the script he's given. Okay, most actors can still lose themselves and embrace that character completely. But, I mean, if you watch Shyamalan's The Happening next to Boogie Nights, and you can tell two different scripts, like one's amazing, one is awful, and you can tell that the acting quality is different you know it's definitely he is as good as the script is the italian job is like somewhere in between it's just an all right fun popcorn movie there you that's the Wahlberg you're gonna get what do you what do you think of his performance on the departed you know um because i have a strange attachment to it i think it was great i think what i think is so great about it is that he is such an asshole piece of shit throughout the movie but he fucking cares and you can't take that away from that character he cares about DiCaprio, even though he shows it in such heartless, 
disgusting ways. I think the moment where you realize I actually did care about him this whole time and I was an asshole is the very end of the movie. Oh, yeah. And I loved it, and I thought again, it's one of those things. He is as good as the perform, uh, as good as the screenplay that's you know put on his desk. So I yeah. loved it. And uh, I mean, just a, a nod to a nod of agreement to what you're saying is, I think that almost that role, I don't think that he comfortably embraced that role, like that, like I don't think his personal personality. You can almost see where, in the especially in the beginning of the film, it's almost feels like he's forcing the asshole like character. Yeah. And as the film goes on, it gets more and more into the film. And I think maybe he was doing some brilliant high contrast and let his character fade slowly to become who he was. Or maybe he just uh, didn't. It didn't click for him until like mid shoot of the movie of yeah. the film, but uh, in the beginning I was almost like, "Why? Like that's just so, it's, it's so it's so it's so strong. It's off putting. It's yes. not believable in the sense that the rest of the movie is at that point." I will. You know what I want to say? The scene where it almost becomes like believable, and the and the moment where you start tolerating him is when like they're in the they're in the uh, I guess they're under an overpass or whatever. And um, he looks at DiCaprio and like, you lace current Irish fucking pussy. And then DiCaprio just punches him. And I think that that was done in- intentionally. I think like Scorsese knew like there is only so much that this that these people are going to tolerate from this character up to a certain point until someone just punches him right in the fucking face. And then like after that moment, you know, you right after that, he goes into the car and he's like, dude, we need you to keep your eyes open. Like, yeah. just hang in with us. Yeah, the chief's like fucking stop <laughs> everybody's looking at us how, we, how am i not supposed to arrest you <laughs> that's in order um i like martin sheen's character too he's just like the the nice christian older man like seems like he really does want to make a change yeah i like when he got flung off a building <laughs> dude i saw him. Actually, dude, that, that scene was very as for as cheesy as body falling off of a building can be in film oh it's so it's fucked. so good it's great dude i mean the, the blood splatter the way they depict his body clearly not trying to like movie magic uh uh a scary like corpse or anything or over dramatize it they just show him yeah like just laying there dead blood out the the orifices of the face and and you know and then right after that you see like mark Wahlberg like beating the shit out of damon Right, I and love that scene because dude. it's such an you know it, it's not even business at that part with at that point with Wahlberg that is totally emotion probably a so guy, personal and I mean, that that's also shown in immediately after he quits yeah like fuck like I'm not gonna take a leave of absence I'll fucking hand in my paperwork you know and then after DiCaprio's demise like and I I tr- I believe again it was emotion it wasn't like hey this is I'm so attached to my job no it was complete emotion it was personal like you took away two people that I actually valued and um what a well, I mean and and I think but that being said I think that Wahlberg overall and I think the departed's a great example I think he's better as a supporting I I, I may disagree with you on Damon, I think he can hold a movie very well, but I think Wahlberg is better as a supporting role. Like, as much as I love him in Boogie Nights, like, I would have liked to see Burt Reynolds' character as the star, you know? Right. <laughs> oh, God, what's 
<laughs> what was that guy on Boogie Nights that I said that you look like? Oh, oh, Louise Guzman. Yeah, um, Louise Guzman. Yeah, that that actor. <laughs> Fuck you. Maybe if I was like fifty pounds heavier and my head was bigger. No, that's how you're gonna be in like twenty years. Dude, oh, dude, at that point it's checkout time. Like, mm mm. Yeah. I do not want to look. Oh, it's and the sad thing is too is I think that actor is actually Puerto Rican. So how how disgusting that like he is the thing that represents where I where my uh, relatives come from. Dude, nod to me for being so PC that I uh, got the national correct, huh? National Puerto Rican. You know what? I um say one Puerto Rican thing. See. I mean, there you go. See, <laughs> that's just a bare minimum. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, the one last thing I wanted to say about the departed, what was uh, what I thought was like such a great touch at the end, right at the very end, when uh, the look on Damon's face as he's carrying the groceries back to his apartment, and he's completely resolved of like he feels like wow you know that's all over like i can be like myself now when really he's so far from it you know like uh that lack of awareness to the point where that's displayed through him trying to pet the dog yeah and the 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 dog well the dog even like instinctively is like and the lady's like what are you fucking doing you gotta touch my dog right like and they, you know they all knew or um and he's like that doesn't mean anything right know? he's he's just trying to return to normalcy yeah and then um well then of course we know what happens when he opens the door so he's met with you know my mom uh when my mom because her and i watched it once together and she's like after what happens to D- damon she's like you know what that's not good enough they should have been more like over the top but all the misery he put someone with like he put everyone through she's like he should have gone through more shit honestly you know i would have liked to have seen him tortured but i like to see people tortured in general mm-hmm. yeah i love isis beheading videos dude i love uh i love when we waterboard um citizens have you ever been waterboarded i've wanted to try it Do you <laughs> want to be really? waterboarded on the show no not today we can do it dude not today. It's not dangerous. It's not. No, it's 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 perfectly fine. Honestly, dude, if you can't, it's, have it's a, really not dangerous. We did it at church one day. Y'all waterboarded people at church. I'm dead serious. <laughs> Why? Church. The only time I've ever been waterboarded was at church. Why? Um, it was kind of like a group building, like trust exercise thing. Also, like a nod to like suffering, uh, a way to. Honestly, safely because you, like you don't run a risk of actually drowning. It's just your your uh, nasal cavity fills with water and it gives your body the sense of drowning. Right. And uh, you're not like no water's in your lungs. You you have access to oxygen. And uh, I guess kind of really honestly, like our youth pastor is trying to give us an, a little bit of a nod to what true suffering like can feel like. Mm. And. Uh, so I got water. He pulled out a church. gun and forced all of us on the chairs. <laughs> he was just like, "Does anybody want to try?" This wasn't like a part of the church. It was afterwards. The few of us that had hung around 
and we were just talking about it out of fascination. He's like, <clears throat> he's like, I want one of you guys to do it to me. <laughs> like, it was just so funny, dude. <laughs> and uh, you put fucking put the rag over your face, and we we even like simulated like being t- tilted back in a chair, like kicked over in a chair and doing it. It was right. fun. It was so much fun, man. Dude, I, it sounds like a blast. And I think all of those uh, Arabs <laughs> that got uh, waterboarded and they want to call it torture, it's like, get over it. Get over it. They have probable cause to do that to you. Yeah, you can breathe, dude. What mm-hmm. do you think the worst form of torture is? Like, the number one thing that you've either seen in a film or have heard of as being awful um fuck what there was a scene from clockwork orange where they um they put these clamps on the main character's eyes like these like sharp metal clamps so you know like it's like if they take it off their retina is going to be scraped a little bit but what they're showing are like like super trippy psychedelic videos that could very much like cause seizures and shit and you know just uh seizures especially if you have epilepsy i feel like in a movie, and I've seen other movies where it's like, like where they've been stabbed, or like in Reservoir Dogs where they cut the ear off. I mean, it's up there, but I, I don't know. There is something when it comes to eyes, like ocular torture, that just I can't stomach for anything. If that makes sense. I feel that, dude. There's such a oh, an internal knee-jerk reaction to eyes mm-hmm. and uh, head. Like you, you react so much to it because you're aware, deep down, like how important those things are and how, like, much damage, even the smallest amount of damage to an eyeball can cause loss of vision forever. Mm-hmm. And uh, did I actually? I was in Slidell the other day at the shopping center, and I was just walking to Books a Million, and out of just the corner of my eye, saw an older lady just she went to go get out of her car and just fell back like like hit the ground like hard fall and dude i literally zero thought i was listening to something like dropped my bags and just sprinted like across the parking lot because there were people in the car with her but they were like getting out on the other side they didn't even see and i'm like but what was so now like go like about it was it looked like she smacked her head you know and i don't if she's bleeding or something like i'm gonna go be the one like on top of it Mm because i feel like the sooner you deal with something like that the more likely you are to resolve any issues and i just get i just find myself keep keep asking her and i'm like not the confident like i would be this person in this situation kind of person i'm always very scared to not be that morally justified or morally uh courageous person in in a dangerous or uh testy moment and dude i just i just kept saying are did you hit like or did you hit your head yeah you know feeling for lumps because i've my grandparents have hit their head before and that's like they were saying, dude. It, it, it takes you out, bro. Like it really does fuck with you. But, but why did she fall? I mean, did 
And you, um, like if I had to guess, just uh, maybe overestimating the height of the vehicle she was in in a combination with like i think her heel may have caught like the little runner so it was just an step. accident it was okay. a complete accident okay yeah, it wasn't it wasn't even like didn't she, know if it was like a neurological thing no okay no. Good. It, it wasn't even like that she had like poor balance or anything like fell in a way that like you or i would fall like really just like a misstep and, yeah just lost her footing yeah yeah and uh did i want to go pick her up and she was like resisting me picking her up i'm like please let me just pick you up you know like i don't know she was like moving her body weight against me so that she could stand herself up i was like okay okay, okay. yeah did you ask for a tip after you Um, did that i i this is how fucked up my brain is though right uh like her uh daughter is there too and she's like mom you fall because by the time they're even out of the car i had already sprinted across the parking lot and helped her up yeah and they, they it, i actually felt kind of weird because i'm like oh my god these people think i'm just like over here like touching their mother <laughs> you know like right. <laughs> it was so weird she looked at me like why are you like <clears throat> semi inside of our vehicle and i was like what and then she kind of put it together she goes mom did you fall and i I wanted to be like, yeah, and I fucking helped her. Yeah. And like, there, there, no thank you. I got no thank you. Honestly, though, that that does piss me. Uh, that pisses me off when, when you do do something like that and there's not even a thank I you. Like, there's not even a thank you. Like, that's the bare minimum you can do. Like, thank yeah, you. okay. Ooh. I don't need money, but thank you would be nice. Every fucking hero is like, I don't need a thanks. Yeah, obviously I don't fucking need the thanks and I would have done it again knowing there was no thanks. But... It's nice to know that you can at least get that as a bare minimum. I always pushed her back down and been like, okay, you do it this time. <laughs> you do it this time. <laughs> oh, God. I, I, it, I don't know if we had, like, um, at the hotel, we had, like, um, guests who were in their 90s. I think we may, I may have talked about this on the show, and they had, like, so much luggage, cargo. Like, they couldn't lift it by themselves. They were spending 15 minutes just in the... Uh, um, in the front of the hotel just trying to get their bags out and 15 minutes they haven't even opened the trunk yet to get the rest of the stuff i was like okay this is bad so i like i went out there and like i put their stuff on a cart and i took it to their room and they were very generous and grateful for what they could say they, they were like in their 90s they couldn't really mutter much out of their mouths but i go up there that was very ugly i'm sorry anyway <laughs> i go up there and um i put all their shit like in the room and um they're like, well, you know, we have a, um, we have a tip for you. You know, we got a tip for you. And I was like, oh, like, this is a World Three War. Three nickels. It was two <laughs> fucking dollars. And I was so pissed. I said, you know what? This is the generation of World War II. And this is what I get. This is the thanks I get. Dude, you're a mad, dude, $2 was rent for them. Two dollars was rent for them. What back in like nineteen forty? I mean, yeah. <laughs> Here's You're, two dollars. I mean, you know, and just think if we, if you and I live to be, go watch a 80, Nickelodeon. And at that point, like, let's say, like the average person at that point has a million dollars in their bank account. Like that's just the the level of inflation. Yeah. Like if I looked at my bank account then and saw a million dollars, I would still feel like. You know what, man? Don't, don't justify that. If they're out of touch, that's their problem, okay? 
They were out of touch by their own fuck-ups. No, they were out of touch. You gave them a little... You told me what the rest of the tip was. Yeah, my tip. <laughs> I said, well, we got a tip for you as long as you've got a tip for us. Oh. <laughs> oh God. Dude. Dude. Ah, I saw this video. It's so fucking cringy, dude. You ever see like a a video of like an older person and it's like overtly sexual or like like just their their brain is in such like an adolescent like mindset yeah. and it's sexually derivative yeah. <laughs> dude i got i have to show you this video it's i think i may have no i don't know then it's, it's an older guy that's creepily it's an older guy sexual. that's like it looks like a video that he may have submitted to a, like a mistress. Like, dude, it's, I didn't realize cause I saw it on Instagram the first time. I didn't realize how actually fucking scarring it was and creepy it was until I watched it again and went to go show somebody. Okay. And look, when you play it, Play it into the microphone. Okay. Okay, this so I've press it. play right here. Yeah. Hello, perverts. It's time for a picnic. Get the cups off. It's been four hours. We've got things to do today, so can't sit around all day sitting in his tit cups. So here we go. Oops. There's one. Mr. Lawn's cuckold prop. Yeah, you are a pig. Said from his mouth. it was just gonna be like cringy sex jokes no. <laughs> no i wanted to show you something that would sting your brain dude uh, he had like a, he had like a, a choke thing on he had like what like cups on his tits or whatever the fuck they're called <laughs> he kept saying uh, time to get these tit cups off dude he is such a he is such a sub he is such a fucking sub yeah yeah the tattoo yeah no i, I read Imagine it being i read it giving that a, a guy comes in and he's like, I want cuckold tatted on my chest. <laughs> Dude, you're fucking pathetic. <laughs> oh, that's great, though. That is great. It's, it's such a weird video because you can truly, like, see and feel it in two lights. Like, the first time I saw it, I thought it was funny enough and weird enough. It reminded me of a specific... A person's sense of fascination and humor, so which is why I screen recorded it and then sent it to them. Yeah, and but then watching it r- right after I'd sent it, instead of it being like, "Dude, that's fucking hilarious," I was like, 
Dude, this is the saddest, creepiest video I've ever seen. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. It is, it, it's gross. <laughs> what is it that worms, like, because not just sexual. Sexual seems to be the scariest, like, version of something like that. Yeah. But there is definitely a, like, it's like a worm people, like, get into their brain about one specific thing, and it literally consumes them. Becomes, like, an obsession, yeah. Yeah, and it's it's always something that somebody else is, like, like you know that it's like a reasonable person's passing thought or something you know and just entertained to encapsulate an entire life yeah it's so oh. sad dude. it's like like that that is his life that's his lifestyle and it's the oh point where you God. physically you, he's wearing plastic cups to accentuate his tits and he's a man too He's got to be in his late 60s, early 70s. Oh, it's so bad. It's so gross. I just want to show the camera. You want me to bring it to the camera? He's got a forehead tattoo. Miss Talon's cuckold. Yeah, look at the camera. Beautiful fucking mug, dude. Oh, yeah. Mrs. Talon's cuckold. Shout out to this guy, though. If you want to come on the podcast, you're more than welcome. Right, and and just come in with all your shit. Like, we want the, the choker on, we want the fucking cups, we want everything. Uh, we just want some tit cups. Oh, God. How long before uh, you start cucking? I, I start cucking, like, cuckolding, like, my girlfriend? or Being the cucky. Cucky, no. See, I don't believe in what goes around comes around. You know, I don't believe. I've I've had my situ- situations where I've been the man who was. You feel like you were able to deliver the cup for long enough that, uh, and, I, and you believe in it not being a karmic thing that it's just gonna go away. Well, here's the thing, man. Say if like you're the CEO of a company and um, there's just people around you who knew you as the CEO of a company. And then they blatantly gave you a demotion. No, you don't just accept a demotion and and allow people to attack you. Okay, no, you walk away. You know, that's when you clock out. The cucks do. Yeah, well, fuck cucks. Fuck a cuck. Fuck a cuck. No, 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 no. That's so sad. Oh, I can't. I don't understand it though. Where people do like to do the uh, the role play sexually of like animals and and stuff like that, which I'm assuming that's also his his fetish or his kink is role playing an animal. Like I get daddy, I get shit like that, but I don't get somebody wanting to be a dis- uh, like an animal. I think uh, it's more the uh, with like that the pig thing. It's more like a way of channeling the one track mind than it is actually being about the animal like the simplicity attached to being a pig you know like you just want and want and wants about glutton yeah it's It's, like these primal urges and you're feeding into it into i don't think it has anything at all to do with the actual animal it's more just like a reminder like hey i'm this fucking pig like i'm actually a disgusting person yeah yeah um 
I, I did, I, you know, I, here's the thing, though, because there are people who are actually, like, aside from him, people who are actually into that type of stuff. And there was someone I matched with months ago, and um, she, I don't know what her gender would be. It was all over the place. But um, she... <laughs> I think that's more disrespectful than just calling her a girl. <laughs> Because you said her, her gender is all over the place. Like, you fucked up multiple times right there. Like, the, but she was telling me, like, how she's a pig. Oh, not a pig. She's a cat some days, or some days she's a dog, and she behaves like a dog. You know, likes to be put, put on a leash, which, honestly, that is kind of hot. I'm not going to lie, like, having a girl on a leash. But, um, yeah. But anyway. Yeah. <laughs> But she was, but then she followed up with saying, "Like my psychologist says that this is completely normal and this is healthy." What? To revoke that person's license? Yeah, and and also too, the weird thing is not only animals though, but she also like plays into. And then she told me this wasn't sexual at all. Um, that she likes to put a, a pacifier in her mouth and like make noises as if she's a baby, like crying, like eh, eh, like that, uh, wearing very. Um, infantile uh clothing attire and she was like telling me like they were telling me that there was nothing uh sexual about that you know but at the same time how would i don't even think you'd have to be a pervert to interpret that in some weird way sexual like how do you not i mean interpreted that way it seems to be derivative of depravity yeah. Depravity. Depravity. Yeah. Uh, it's it's rough. It was it was bad. Like um they were cute. I will say that. They had beautiful eyes. I think that's what you're supposed to say when their gender's you know, like a they, pinball. Well, what's fucked? Okay. So, here let me counter that, right? Somebody with their pronouns listed they them will be upset with a he or she, right? Yes. My pronouns, he, him. You call me they, I'm pissed. Yeah. Isn't? I just think, isn't they like a intentionally a more general pronoun? Yeah, and, and they or them is like for people who are gender fluid, which, I, I listen, I know people who are gender fluid, and I, I have this thing where I... They're obviously trying to figure out what gender that they assigned themselves with, which is fine. Um, no, you see, that's where you fucking don't get it, dude. Also, unless it's about being fluid. It's about being fluid. Oh, for a lot of people, it is. I see. I couldn't. I don't. I'm, I'm not trying to not sound woke. I, I, of all people, in regards to the person I'm with, I should probably be more openly woke about. I just, I don't understand. I, I don't understand that being a lifestyle, a long period of time of being gender fluid of of being able to transition i think that i don't know how that wouldn't hurt somebody over time i don't getting in a very testy territory yeah uh i agree i mean like i just don't think i think it's a way of relinquishing responsibility mm-hmm. not like by non-identification. I mean, I just feel like the reason I say that that person, that a psychiatrist or psychologist license should be revoked, if I went to my therapist 
and told him, hey, you know, some days I just feel like, I just feel like a fucking sloth, man. I just want to lay in bed all day. He shouldn't then be like, well, you know, then, you know, part of you is sloth and it's okay if, you know, a lot of the time you just don't feel like doing anything. Mm-hmm. That's not how you fucking, that's not what I'm there for. I mean, it's any, I, seeking real help, you, you should understand that being out of touch with reality to any degree is unhealthy and leads to distress yeah far more than you know lacking like encouragement you know like you don't if your son's like running around like i'm superman you entertain it to some degree but you wouldn't let him jump off your roof right i and and listen listen and i there are very few things and i mean katie and i've have talked about this there there are a few things that her and i clearly have disagreements on um and now how i feel like she has told me like um or from what i know um or i'm assuming let me say it like that um that she is against the like those like against the idea of being able to identify as an animal because i mean there there is no there is no value of life that you could have doing that there's i don't see it i don't see any merits and there's no proof of that there's no evidence of that and uh gender fluid it's another thing that i i think can be somewhat i think can be benign um it's just to me i kind of wonder of where where it could lead not truly having a resolution to your gender identity unless being gender fluid is the resolution like that is you know, and I guess that's where I'm a little bit confused. Is it something where it is um, a part of the journey of finding out of who you are? Or is this a final destination for certain people? The gender fluid. I don't understand. And um, I'm not ashamed to... I'm telling you, I understand your your logic. And you are founding it in logic, which is honestly where your disconnect is. Uh, it, it's not about a journey at that point that's a that's like a lot of people's resolute yeah stance that and, they're like i will be this forever right and I, I i mean you know i get it um and i think one thing too one thing that we definitely disagree on is <laughs> i feel like something that could get you in trouble that i don't god i mean it, Say it. It, it, you know what it's, it's hormones to to young children oh god yeah i mean yeah. i and it's something that like <clears throat> I mean, it's something that her and I definitely disagree on. Like, we were, like, talking about it the other day, and it was kind of like, like let's change the subject because we're not going to find, like... There's certain aspects of it to where we agree upon. But, you know, and my my whole deal is is that if I had... If I had somebody who was, like, my son who says, you know, Dad, I think I'm a girl, I've always thought that for you for for um for children actions and words in so many ways are completely indistinguishable or even rather that when you're a kid it seems to me that words are more powerful than the actions we never really stopped when we were young to think about what the sacrifices our parents made to give us this head this this roof over our head the the hours that they worked and my logic is well 
I always can remember every time my dad would say I loved that he loved me. That meant more to me than the stuff that happened. You know, it was the I love you, that verbal confirmation. Because as a kid, you know, I mean, that's why kids believe in Santa Claus, right? Because it's spoken. Never seen him. So I always thought, and not to ever, ever put... Well, not to poke the hole in anything. We used to go see Santa at the mall every year. Fair, but you know what? I was always told that they just work for Santa's company. I was never told it was actually Santa. <laughs> but wait, what? Yeah, my my just like, <laughs> like they, you know they just work for Santa's company. They're not actually like, Santa. Oh, he's a fucking lookalike. He's right. a, I get to imagine like a Boston style father being like, he's a fucking fraud. He's a fucking fraud. <laughs> You're not Santa. You're too fat. I'm sorry, dude. off track. Continue. But um, I was thinking like. The statistics are so high that so many young children who um, question their gender identity grow up. A big fraction of them, obviously, they do go through the transitional period. But then some, a lot of them turn out to be gay. And we, to me, it seems that when you do things like that and when you physically take action there is such a chance that the and this has happened so many times and for why people cannot understand this or have any sympathy for these people is beyond my comprehension but there are so many people enough people who have said oh my god like i can't believe that this this was allowed to happen you know, I, I I regret this. There are people who are in their 20s that get transgender operations that, that regret it then. Because once you do the hormones, some of these, a lot of these hormones, there's no turning back. You know, there's no turning back. And I don't like that. I don't like the idea that there are so many people. And I'm not saying that this is Katie because Katie does not, you know, doesn't sweep this under the rug or take this under consideration. But there are so many people that don't take that under consideration. Um... And the suicide rate of transgender people are so high, pre and post op, already. Why in the world would we even want to try to risk bringing that suicide rate up? Because it's not about transphobia at this time. It is about the well being of somebody. And I was when I was saying about verbally how that's in so many ways more important and even encouraging it in, in its own ways is that if you were able to do that to a child like 13 or 14 that is struggling like conform to them like use their use the pronouns that they would like to be aligned with and give them that transition give them more time for their brains to develop and for when they finally become either 17 or 18 and say I think I really I want to start taking hormones you have given this child enough time to to allow, to allow their brains to the grow, to to grow and develop more and more and more and you're safely to me you're you're ensuring they're safe way more than just saying hormones at 13, hormones at 12, hormones at 10, because they do do that. And it's it's something I'm very passionate about. And I, I hope, I mean, I, I I hate to say this because of who I'm dating, but I, I don't think I'm out of line. I don't think I'm out of line for saying this. And I think what I'm saying is completely valid as I see the way she views things ex- incredibly valid in her own rights because there are people like her who have gone almost their entire life knowing that they weren't the sex that they were assigned with 
And she does feel like in so many ways that her childhood was robbed because of that. And I would never diminish or undermine or invalidate that. But with that being said, there are two sides to every coin. And I'd like to say that at the end of it all, I, I fit somewhere in between of that coin. I think it's a lot less black and white than people try to make these extremely complex issues to be. And it, it really does infuriate me. And again, it's not anyone in particular. It's just overall, I think people try to make this a very black and white thing. Let me excuse myself for laughing in the middle there. I would do what I was laughing at was in my head just because I know your sense of humor. I thought you were about to say, or that would be really funny if you were like, and I hate to say this, you know, because of who I'm dating, but fuck trans people. No, no. <laughs> Dude, there will be no sexy time for me if I say that. <laughs> yeah, dude, I just choked. <laughs> I lost it whenever I thought that. Um, like that was going to come next? Yeah, dude, oh God. Cause, uh, but because of the sincereness in your yeah. voice and your feelings on the, the topic, being yeah. close to it. But uh, I would have to... Agree in the sense that it gets exhausting. And to me, it's so blatantly ironic. Have you ever done something over and over? Like, take even just at work, for example, with like the operating system and or like a step something that you've done so frequently that it's literally muscle memory and your initial reaction to watching somebody mess it up is almost like, Hey, this thing, like I told you earlier, you know, like it's that fucking obvious. That's the level I feel of like watching irony in that aspect of ideology where freedom of expression and um, encouragement to explore stuff like that comes with being liberal or Democrat, whatever yeah. attachment uh, you get politically, is your you're like taking away the nuance of the individual for the sake of individuality. That's ironic that's not in line with one another that's not by not giving the grace of the complexity of the individual situation yes. and blanketing something that has potential to be very dangerous if misuse something like hormone encouragement for all young trans people, like if that's the stance you take, you're robbing individuality. Yeah. But in the same way that saying like it's, it, unless it's backed by some like overwhelming study, like I just don't see it being beneficial or a way to calculate whether or not it's going to be individual. 
beneficial for this person exactly exactly so why run that risk that is the thing though because it's it's not transphobia it's really fucking not we want the whole idea of it is to make sure that everyone is safe in the transitional process regardless of what age you start that is it's never been about discrimination it's not about labeling parents that do that child abusers it's never been about that for me and it never will be about that for me but at the same time, when you want to put this huge blanket, like you said, you're oversimplifying a, an extremely complex situation. And we we have presented, I think our society too, and rightfully so, have presented transgenderism as a very complex, multifaceted subject, which it very much is. But to oversimplify it, you know, in certain aspects, we used to oversimplify it. Um, and I think in a way of oversimplification, I mean, you could use the, um, you know, the um, the over use of prescribing hormones. And I, I think some doctors have been right about it. I think some doctors who started on 16-year-olds or 15-year-olds hormones, I think some of them have been right. But there are, there are, that is still running that risk of increasing the chances of this child committing suicide higher. You shouldn't be able to go and obtain a chemical that literally shifts your hormonal balance. Hormones, by the way, being the driving force of emotion and the driving force of what makes you feel human. Uh, It shouldn't be like Tylenol, you know, like... That's another thing with attaching, like, a weirdness, a weird, you know, like, not just acceptance, but like, hey, you say this, and for the the sake of everyone, I, the expert on the subject, the doctor that should say whether this is beneficial or not, I will look the other way for not hurting your feelings, or for not... Um, getting canceled right and your fucking job that's why i hate i hate comedians who fucking shit on other comedians for saying a joke that that didn't land you know like you're supposed to be this person that tests the norm and you're also the person who has bombed in front of a crowd before why are you shitting on this person for saying a joke that didn't Making a joke that didn't land. Yeah, yeah. You should be you should be uplifting them, you know? God. Like you're a doctor because you are supposed to have the health, physical health of the individual Top priority. Top priority. Yes. And that's that's always what it's been. It's always what it's been. And I think even people who are the most uh pro trans, you know, almost as where I'm at, but we, we hit the brakes here. You know, and I think, and I think that's the thing. I don't ever want to be. It's the idea of being misunderstood or having labels thrown at you automatically, like you're a transphobe. You know, and I'm not going to be someone like, oh, I'm not racist. I have black friends. Oh, I'm not transphobe. I'm dating. You know, that's a little different. Nah, I mean, saying that I have black friends is like <laughs> insinuating like there at one point was a black guy that I communicated with until my dad sold him. <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's become my uh, 
scapegoat for racism. <laughs> right. You are actively dating and engaging with a trans person to say so to say yes that you're not that you're transphobic is hilarious right <laughs> i'm so transphobic look who i'm just contemplating on spending so much of my life with but <clears throat> you know it, it i guess it is that thing where uh, you know what i kind of feel bad for even though there's i think there's some of it that i kind of do um i disagree with her on certain aspects um and i can't think of what i disagree with on the top of my head it's been a while since I've listened to her, but Deborah, so... I disagree with what's on the top of your head. You need a fucking haircut, dude. Dude, no, it's growing out, bitch. Ugh. Are you going to grow it long again? He's gonna, yeah, I'm going to grow it Are long Are you guys going to swap roles in the bedroom? Yeah, like... I'm going to swap gender roles, yeah. That's odd, dude. I'll be sissy for a little bit. Okay, yeah, we can... <laughs> She'll <not>. be daddy. <laughs> but, um... Does no, she dress Deb- you up? She dresses you up in her clothes. Does she dress me up? You know what? Some of the, some of the clothes that she has is uh, is unisex. I'll do that, but um, I'm not gonna put on a choker or anything like that, or her uh, her skirts or anything. No, no, dude, I swear to you, no. You've never uh, worn feminine clothes in a sexual act. That, well, there was this one time, but you know, I thought I was in good hands. Okay, we can move on. Yeah. Um. <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't want that part of my personal life to be talked about, but yes, I probably. <laughs> I mean, let's just talk about, about a year ago. I was with, uh, I was fucking somebody who's like about ten years older than me, and she wanted me to put on a dress and and fuck her while I was wearing the dress. <laughs> like, I mean, it it happened. I thought I was in good hands, and I thought like, hey, if someone who's thirty. You know, like, 10 years older than me, thinks this is a good idea, like, this is kind of hot. Like, fuck yeah, I'll do it. What? What is the dress like? It was like, it was like a, it was like a red dress, and it was actually something similar to what I, like, put on as a joke, like, years ago on MLK Day, but it had no sleeves, you know? It was, it was just a regular red dress, and it kind of, like, it ended, like, uh, like, right here, and it just had, like, two straps that keep my... Thing on. It's not that, it wasn't like I was wearing something like super like scandalous or anything like that. Well, it was... I imagine it being maximally funny mm-hmm. if it were like a gown, like, oh, like, like a, a prom dress. No. Like something extravagant, like very, very. No. No, it, I, I didn't get to that point. Um, unfortunately, we didn't make it to that level. But it was and, just like a. And a might I say, you know, I'm not. It's like a summer dress, I guess. You see what I do on this show, Matt? I don't. I don't ever implicate you of something. I simply ask a question that I know the answer to. But the, you know what? This I I defend talking about it because this makes for great viewership or listenership. Yeah. So I'm proud of talking. I mean, I I'm not ashamed of it. I did it, and I'm proud of who I yeah, am. Yeah, dude. And what's great about this show also is that we've ran enough just serious esque bits. We can always we can claim always fucking, joking. Yeah. Like. We're just no, trying to lighten to shit up. Plus, don't take fashion advice from me. I purchased four pairs of swimming trunks because I thought they were shorts. I thought they were running shorts. <laughs> They're you, swimming trunks. You said you ordered them? You ordered them online? No, I bought them in the store. Oh. <laughs> I put them on and I put I said. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> just feel like the nuts. Oh, God damn it. I have multiple pairs. <laughs> Honestly, I will say this, dude. If, if you didn't tell me they were swim trucks, like, 
I wasn't really staring at them. They, they, they look like shorts. shorts. They look like, yeah, like running shorts. These these are actually my girlfriend's sweat, her sweatpants that I'm wearing. So yeah, I like them. You know they got like little zippers. Yeah, it's so comfortable, man. That's from home. Yeah, well maybe after the after the show. Maybe after the show because I realized I was about to say sure, but I was like, no, I gotta take my pants off. <laughs> uh, for those of you that are. True listeners, you'll remember that episode where that Matthew did naked that unfortunately we don't have on video. Supposedly we don't have on video, but he was alluding to like him filming it like candid camera esque somewhere in the <clears throat> room and putting it on Pornhub. So if y'all find it, you know, yeah, it's let us a, know. We don't want we don't go on Pornhub. I was on Pornhub. trying to give you the benefit of the doubt. Like, oh, look at all the pussy he gets now that he's a big star podcast host. You don't need Yeah, porn. dude, so much. <laughs> Matthew, I'm an incel. Dude. <laughs> you're an incel? Meaning that you're a uh, celibate beyond your control? Yeah. Yeah. I've never touched a woman. Really? Um... Women have touched me. I was molested. And, uh, Hot. <laughs> Hot. Um, yeah, man, I can't bring myself. I'm so uh, feminine. I'm effeminate. I'm, I'm gay. Want to have sex? <laughs> On the show? Sure. If you want to check out the rest of this episode, it can be found on Pornhub.com slash the <laughs> Well, hey, you know what? This is all about uh, viewership, dude. The more outrageous we get, the more people start listening. Yeah, dude. We'll just be Tim Dillon. Tim Dillon. <laughs> dude, you would make a great Tim Dillon. Dude, I saw him. Do you know Lex Friedman? I, I know the name. Lex Friedman. Uh known for professionally being an ai researcher he's really just one of the most curious people like in the world like he I'm about to look him up he uh very fit man too very attractive guy he uh oh i know who this is yeah yeah man he he just has this curiosity that comes from being an immigrant he moved here from russia when he was a kid and learned english and uh, just has that different way of thinking that comes with knowing such complex language as Russian. And uh, he had Tim Dillon on his show. And he's like, it, Lex is a super composed and very poignant, uh, whimsical thinking, childlike wonder person. And he always finds these fascinating questions to ask people. He's really one of the greatest interviewers I've, I've ever come across. He just asked such good questions. And uh, he asked Tim Dillon because he wants to kind of get a more complete picture of who Tim Dillon is beyond the the show and the, the glitz that he is. And so he opens up the, the podcast by saying, um, what would you, what do you want your headstone to read? And Tim Dillon, no hesitation, he's like, uh, this is not paid for. And uh, I want to leave my family in a lot of debt. I find it, I think it would be funny to 
infuriate the people I leave behind by leaving this earth, but also leaving them issues. Yeah. And uh, he's like, I want, I literally want the, the, the grave company to call them and say, hey, we've never excavated a body before, but we will because it hasn't been paid for. <laughs> uh, I just uh, love that uh, that ability to you know it makes you wonder if like how much the characters crafted and how much of it is just derived from uh, a specific like handled aspect of his personality like one that would maybe ruin some people like that maybe he did like control him for a while when he was a drug addict and um selling fucking subprime loans mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh and he's just found a way to deal with that person through comedy yeah like that part of himself uh it's just fascinating to me and i always try to find a a way to channel that and in the same way lex friedman's channeling this thing in him that if he didn't have a hold on it, he would work himself to death like coding or something. You know, it, it would just, his his curiosity and his fascination could send him down a rabbit hole so much that it would, like, debilitate his life. It would be unhealthy. Right. Yeah. And they're both, just watching them both exercise the same thing on the same median, so with, funny. With vastly different personalities, though. Insane, dude. Crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Like same brainwave, different execution. <laughs> yeah, man, it's great. I'd like I, when I first heard that they had did it, it was on Tom Dylan's show, and he's just like, "Yeah." So I did a fucking Lex Friedman's podcast yesterday. He's like, "Uh, it was fourteen hours," <laughs> just because Lex is like a very monotone kind of, uh, almost seems to drone on from time to time. Yeah, but I definitely recommend. If, everybody to check out Lex Friedman's show. He did he just interviews the fucking smartest people. I think in the I world. may have seen him on Joe Rogan. Was he yeah. on okay. Uh, the last time he was on Joe Rogan recently and dude Joe took his favorite watch off of his wrist in the moment and gave it to Lex as a gift. Oh wow. Because Joe was like Lex always wears a suit. Like that's his thing. Yeah. Like, always is wearing a suit, does all of his podcast appearances wearing a suit. And uh, Joe was, like, kind of jokingly and, like, semi-drunkenly, like, dude, what the fuck is that watch? Like, because Lex was wearing, like, a cheaper watch that he just got on Amazon. And uh, Joe had this, like, fucking multi-thousand dollar watch on that literally shows, like, lunar phases and what lunar phase we're in with a realistic depiction of the moon on the watch. Mm Mm-hmm. And he's just like, dude, you dress so fucking nice. You gotta get a better fucking watch than that. He's like, here, this, is my, this is my favorite watch. It's, it's yours, man. Just wear it, <laughs> dude. That's all. So he just gave it to him, like just completely. Wow. And yeah. he was was he drunk? He said Joe was drunk. Uh, he admitted on a a later show whenever somebody asked him about the giving of the watch, he was like, he's like, yeah, man, I love that dude. And uh, you know, I was also a little drunk. And uh, he's like. <laughs> But he was just wearing a fucking cheap ass watch, like it didn't match him. Yeah. It was like so I gave it to him. How sweet of him. Yeah. Yeah, how sweet of him. That that would uh <laughs> That's relevant, an understatement. relevant to the money, dude. 
Like, that would be like if I gave someone my, the aglet from my shoelace. That's the amount of money that, that is comparatively to Joe Rogan giving a fucking $10,000. Exactly. Yeah, sweet is an understatement. I, I apologize. <laughs> I was trying to be modest. No, it is modest. For him, that's what I'm saying. It would be like like if I gave mm-hmm. someone my fucking shoe aglet, my shoelace aglet. Well, yeah, because of all the money he's worth, because he's nothing but a fucking Spotify hack and yeah. sellout. Joe Rogan's a fucking sellout. Fuck you, Joe Rogan. We don't ever want to be invited on your show. Yeah. Re- retard. What? I hate retards. Joe Rogan. Joe does seem a little special. Hmm? Joe does seem a little special. He does. He does. You know? You know, uh, I just want to say that Matthew's opinion of you, Joe, not mine. Uh, When I am on the show one day and Matt is not or he's there but not on camera, um, I hope that you don't see this. Joe, I don't actually mean this, and I want to be your friend, and you can give me all the watches you want to give me. And I'm sorry that I was being disrespectful. Who am I? to disrespect you like that it's like if i was on radio and i started dunking on howard stern it's the same principle and i'm so sorry joe joey bear joey bear sorry if you did uh have a uh, sexual attraction for men would joe rogan be a man you'd find yourself sexually i've actually to? told you that if if there's only like two guys in the world who who would I'd actually willingly blow. I'd totally suck Joe Rogan's cock. I would Joe Rogan's cock and uh, David Fincher's cock. Cause I just I feel like they would be so aggressive. Like ah, you know, like David Fincher being like, you know, you've seen my movie Gone Girl, huh? Well, I'm your gone dad. I'm your dead dad now, bitch. And I would like to see that aggression come from David Fincher's mouth. And penis. And I think Joe Rogan at the same time would just be like so like up in the air. Like I, he looks like the type of guy who'd get a blowjob just holding his hands back or like one hand like that and the other hand like just so cool about it. And it's like, dude, you're so fucking smart. I love you. Well, I see so there are two people on my, my, my suck cock list as a straight wide enough man I would put on there. And it'd be Rogan and Fincher. God, it's so... <laughs> <laughs> that strategy works so good where I just know something about you and that I know if I asked you yesterday like hey tomorrow on the show I'm gonna uh, bring up that you said you would suck Joe Rogan's cock you'd be like dude don't fucking do that dude, on, let me, dude let me incriminate myself <laughs> give me the honor to do I it I literally I give the and see, this is why I'm comfortable doing it. I don't know if this is manipulative, but I give you the out. You know what, though? Here's the thing. I I thoroughly enjoy being bizarre and dumb anyway. I think if there's any sort of, like, like preface to it, like, hey, like, beforehand we're going to talk about this, probably not, like, probably not because I'm going to be, like, really, like, uptight or in the mood, but I'm such an eccentric and bizarre person. Like, if we're in the, we're in the, like, in the heat of the moment, we're just talking about it. I don't mind. I don't... I like it. I think it's fun. And have I you think, ever kissed a man? Um, have I actually kissed it? No, like te- technically I have, like like a peck once, like at a at a high school party. But you I never really, like made out with a guy. No, not even for. Like, uh, okay. 
No, never. You seem like the kind of guy who would. Because I, I got them dick sucking, dick sucking lips. <laughs> I, <laughs> but no, I've never. You actually have oddly thin lips. I thought. Wait, I thought dick sucking lips were if they were thin. I don't know. I don't blow. I don't blow people, so I wouldn't know what dick sucking lips if they're puffy or if they're small. I don't. I don't know. I'm out of touch. But you know what? Um, how about you? How about you? Have I ever kissed a guy? Yeah. I have not, unfortunately. Not yet. I haven't been able to explore it. What What is the most you've done? Have you done anything with a guy? Uh, that yeah. That you're willing to talk about? Yeah. All right, let's hear it. I, uh... I'll let you do it. I got a head from a guy one time. Yep. Yeah. When I was young and experimenting and in college... I'm still in college. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> college four years later. Two weeks ago, <laughs> I'm still in college. Yeah. But, um... It was right after I graduated high school. Oh, really? Mm. No, I've, uh... Very weird. Ruined a friendship. Did <laughs> it really weird, ruin... Yeah, you know no, what? I have, I, a, I have a friend of mine, too, who also got head, like, um, at a prom after party from another guy, and it ended up destroying their friendship, too. It's weird. Yeah. It just wasn't. I got like, d- dude, it, it was weird. It was a weird whole setup, and uh, yeah, I got catfished. <laughs> it literally was like messaging me, uh, with a whole fake persona of a girl that he knew that I liked. Yeah. Oh, that's fucked up. Got me to like, almost blackmailed me. Like he's, I got me to send pictures and stuff, and uh, then like revealed and it was like a weird pressurey thing and i hated everything about it and it was a good friend and uh that uh is no more right a friendship it's just i don't plus there was also a lot of me that was still the like bravado-y uh mm-hmm. i would never like super like homoph- homophobia thing where i was like Dying of embarrassment on the inside of the potential. I actually had a later a group of friends of mine confront me about it because mm-hmm. the guy had told other people, and I just remember being that was like the most horrified emotionally I'd been in a moment, and I of course like denied it super heavily. Yeah, but God, it was so <laughs> so weird, so weird the whole situation. I did not. enjoy anything attached to it whatsoever right. it made me so uncomfortable the right. whole thing and it's i mean it's sad that, that it ended up ruining a, the friendship um i i feel like i mean i don't know i feel like in a lot of ways sex obviously can always have the potential of ruining a friendship but it's almost everyone that i know who has uh done things like that like a reluctant gay experience with another person of the same sex that ends up usually never working especially if there's so much reluctancy attached to it where it ends up deteriorating whatever you 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 had and you can't move past that do you think it's maybe something of like maybe a certain part of maybe not you but maybe the other end of it that maybe came to terms with something about who they were and in some way they feel like 
remorse that it happened in this particular setting, like this was the moment that they learned something, or they're oh. in denial. Maybe they did enjoy it, but they regret rejoin, uh, regret enjoying it, and there's this shame of themselves and then you being attached to that. What do you think it is? I've talked to him since years afterwards, and... A, forgave, B, asked for forgiveness for the sense of, like, because I didn't talk to him at all after and, you know, did make him seem like a liar to people who were mutual friends. Like, I went to extensive degrees to uh, falsify his claims. Uh and it was just like, I didn't like the part of me that did that either, you know? Just a lot of, it confronted a lot of things that I was uncomfortable with about myself. But uh, I do think it allowed him to fulfill more, be more comfortable with who he was. Because even just the fact that he would tell any mutual friends, because it was something that at the time when he approached me with it, he was extremely closeted about it and yeah. very like ashamed of it. And he seemed to no longer have that when talking to him afterwards. So yeah, seemed like he did uh, get benefit with just even just a self comfortability about stuff afterwards. Right. Um, I think my personal d- dislike a lot of it was out of the, you know, football masculine kind of like culture and um, just the, the person that I had become and that that in immediate return, once that hit me, like, you know, maybe this is just a reactionary thing. And if I was willing to do it, maybe that makes me gay. Like I had mm-hmm. those thoughts. And then afterwards considered more, but then once again was grossed out for completely alternative reasons. So I just don't, I couldn't do like math. I don't even like a semi-masculine like aspect of a woman. It's just not attractive. Yeah. Like at all (laughs) to do anything. If it, if it were to be anything, it would be, purely like deviant and that's not a side of me i entertain much anymore understandable i feel like i'm a i get that man i really do i do what this is guys is this is uh like gonna be like a 40 part series of how matthew and i fall in love Mm mm-hmm dude this is gonna be like this is a story of our inevitable marriage this is gonna be our twilight i'm excited for it well, we'll wrap the episode there. To be continued. Yeah, uh, tune in next week. Be sure this is better than 90 Day Fiance. It's 90 episode Fiance. Yeah, Fiance. You know, um, and we'll bring the lube next time. So, uh, you don't want to miss that. Be sure to subscribe. Be sure to uh, follow Instagram, Twitter, the Lockcast. Send us DMs. Let us know uh, what you think. Uh, any questions? Anything you want us to? address say do cover on air we'll be more than happy to do it 
Uh, we appreciate all of you that listen and stay tuned next week. Uh, hey, can we stick to Fridays? Can I make that our schedule? Fridays at release every Friday. Yeah, that'll you can give do us that. up until Thursday every week to record. Yep. Um, episodes every Friday. Peace out, guys.